0: watch film but I'd be honest I mean when I first started watching film I was just watching a game
1: yeah. Yeah. hello everybody welcome to the UK Packers podcast as usual I'm your host at Steedy NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers and as usual on a Monday which is new which is new because we brought it down to a week it's me old buddy me old pal at Ryan Peacock NFL what's going on buddy
0: Ah, Not a lot, really. Um, It's been a pretty good week, hasn't it, seeing our picture on the front page of Packers.com. I mean, that that doesn't happen every day, does it? I mean, it does if you're Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't generally happen (laughs) if you are just a guy from England and just a guy from Ireland. But it happened this week and it's, yeah, pretty cool.
1: Yeah. So to anybody living under a rock, because I think we have a whole load, a whole raft of more audience people uh, who are listening into the podcast, said they were going to listen because they saw the documentary Packers Life. Uh, on com. so welcome to all the new listeners thanks for joining us hopefully we don't disappoint it do you know what ryan the pressure I mean, is serious unbelievable. pressure Unbelievable. i feel like Psy from gangnam pressure. style when he brought out that second single you know people are big expectations what second single exactly that's the point <laughs> hopefully we don't fall into the abyss you know
0: do you know what? i can tell i can tell there's more pressure added this week because there's actually i can almost feel like a, a a bead of sweat on my forehead here as i'm feeling quite under the cosh on this one
1: it's not just from a from a big kebab that you've had, no? It's probably, it's a no, kebab. no? No,
0: no, no, no. I had a lovely pasta bake and I've had about five cans of beer. It's very
1: healthy. Because always,
0: is. always professional here at UK Packers.
1: Oh, yeah. Bit of Dutch courage. What are you drinking there, buddy? What are, what are you upturning? What, what do we see the bottom well, of?
0: Because obviously I'm trying to look after myself. I'm drinking light cause Light because it is low on calories. So.
1: Oh, yeah. And the more you drink, the more you lose weight is what I hear.
0: Exactly. So. Exactly. Because it's more light.
1: Mm. made of helium but look what we're gonna do with this podcast is and this one kind of this is gonna be a bit tough right this reminds me of the time that ryan went and buggered off and you went to that um what was that party for that you went to that time and i called you like a jealous wife what was that for thanksgiving
0: oh the thanksgiving party yeah where i was eating the biggest turkey legs i've ever seen in my life
1: don't doubt it don't doubt it for a minute you give cecil martin a run for his money um, so you were at that party, and I had to run through the playoff um predictor scenario thing, and uh, it was just a nightmare. I mean, I've read it out, and then I got it all in one take. Credit to me, but uh, you weren't in the studio, patting on the back as usual. <laughs> um, and the most comments that we got on that uh, podcast was kind of like, "Uh, yeah, I that didn't, none of that went in because we needed seven scenarios to go through, and some of them were in the AFC." And not only did people talk shit about, you know, why does the AFC matter? God, it matters for the strength of victory, and then people didn't understand that. We put it on Instagram, and I've never, we've never got such a reaction for the wrong reasons by people going, "Oh, look at, yeah, you see, you're from the UK and Ireland. It 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 tells because the AFC has absolutely no bearing on the NFC," and you're like, "Oh my God, you're so wrong and ignorant. It's unbelievable." And uh, that's what this podcast is going to be like.
0: The best thing about it was you only had to open up a ESPN or NFL, and it was all saying the same stuff, but no you yeah. were wrong <laughs> yeah Patty. because yeah like I say wrong the pond, mate you just don't get it in our mind
1: yeah don't get it mate but the thing is is that that's what I said I was like look I am not smart enough with all of these predictors very few people are um, so this is all just skanked from online and you know don't be killing me over it but it is absolutely 100% true but as you said people don't google it you know what I mean it's like when people ask you dumb questions now that like oh can you get this on Argos why don't you open the Argos catalogue buddy and maybe type in baby bottles and you might find them there if they're not there maybe Argos don't do, do it pal
0: do they have Argoses in, uh in the US what would be an equivalent to an Argos in Wal- the US
1: Walmart something like that
0: but is there, is there anywhere like Argos in the whole world where actually, essentially, it's a business made out of a catalogue, hmm. but they also have a shop where you can go in and look at the catalogue and then order it?
1: Yeah. I don't but know. Nothing's what?
0: actually out on a shelf, is it?
1: No. Well, some of the stuff they have Not that really. now, but I never know where to buy it. Like, what do you do? Do you see it and go, that's <laughs> nice, and then look for it in the catalogue for 20 minutes?
0: I tell you what, talking of buying things like this week, and I'll just, you know, last thing about my week, but I bought another item. For my uh Packers signed memorabilia, man cave.
1: This is crazy. I mean, how you're still alive. How your missus hasn't thrown you through a window and uh, you know, slapped you in your sleep, I don't know. What did you well buy?
0: This was one of them where you know where you look at it and you go, Do you know what? It's such a good price that it'd be it 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 would be dumb not to do it. Okay. So I got myself a Mike Honggren signed American football.
1: Oh, that's nice. What did it set you back, bro? Very right.
0: nice some 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 uh some sterling I, I'm not sure the uh, exchange rate so we'll just leave it there
1: <laughs> I love that it's a good price it's over a grand but I, I felt it was nice but you have some <laughs> amount of march because we've got new followers here right now so run through some of the crazy good march that you have hanging up on the wall there it's unbelievable man
0: uh, okay um, jerseys wise you've got Amon Green Paul Horning AJ Hawk, Jarrett Bush Mike Daniels <laughs> Sam Barrington Jordy Nelson and James Lofton and Dayton Jones nice and then there's all the signed helmets as well
1: yeah we leave those to the next podcast (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean we're already what five minutes 30 seconds in you know we don't we don't want to bore people but what we're going to do like what I was saying about this running through the you know playoff predictor what we're going to try to do in this podcast is you know once the, the dust has settled I think we've all got over and you know i think it's better that we got it got trounced by the falcons because at least we can go, Meh, okay you know we can kind of get used to it midway through the game we're going to try to run through all the games of the regular season give them a bit of a review a sort of a season in review podcast because we want to dust off this season and then get on to bigger and better things you know we're going to be looking at um training camps and the draft and all this type of stuff um so let's run through finish off the season uh, then we're going to look at the uk packer season this year and find out how we all got on Tell you about the cool stuff that we've got moving and shaking. Some stuff that we have coming up. Um, and then we'll end just to remind people about the Super Bowl party. But let's do it right now. Game one. Jacksonville Jags. Game one.
0: The Jaguars.
1: Yeah. What's your recollection uh, about this bad boy?
0: Well, the biggest thing for this game, thinking back, was the fact that this was Jordy Nelson's first game back, in you know, com- competitive game back. Mm. Um, and remember all those people that said, oh, you know, he may never be the same receiver. Yeah. and then there was those handful of people that had been through the injury in the league and they were saying well what what you have to remember is that's a rebuilt knee now it'd be better than it'll be better than his good one yep yeah. you know so but that was the thing that for me that i remember i also remember at the time though this was a game where we should have gone to jacksonville and in my head anyway i'm thinking it'd be quite an easy victory and maybe some of those signs were there for the season ahead um because it wasn't quite as easy as we thought it would be was it
1: no hindsight uh 2020 is what it is you know Uh, it's a good thing 2020 wasn't the score uh but when you look back (laughs) then it was sort of a telltale sign i think what we were saying at the time was is that look you know we're down there in the heat it's going to be hard to play we're going to get used to that um you know we're used to playing in the cold and then you look at half the roster and you say jesus all these lads come from warm weather places so maybe it's not that big a deal so we went down and we heard all off season. The Jacksonville Jaguars always get that rip of uh oh, you know, they're rebuilt and retooled, they're reloaded, they're ready to go, you know, they've got young talent. And in fairness, two of their wide receivers, um Hearns and Robinson, uh the two Allens they call them, you know, they were but they went over a thousand yards last season. Um and also their quarterback Blake Bortles, I think he had the most attempts. Uh, over twenty yards or something insane to be completed. Uh, so this game was a pretty grisly one uh, when we went down to it because we finished the game twenty-seven twenty-three. As you said, Jordy Nelson was back. Um, quite you know timid enough. He got his touchdown, the six-yard touchdown in the second quarter. He ended with six receptions for thirty-two yards and already were the haters out there saying oh, look at that you see only only 32 yards he's not doing too fresh and we said jesus give, you know give him a chance and an offload, as we can see like six receptions for 32 very short uh yardage uh for him per, for per pass so uh yeah when you look back and, and then we finished the game and we said 27 23 didn't do too badly it ended a bit grizzly where they were marching down the field i think they completed uh three four downs in the game and they just went short they had a 4th and 1 and they had a bubble screen and it didn't work out too well for them on that end of the game so we kind of left it and that that was at the 14 yard line so you know obviously they didn't go for the field goal because they wouldn't have won the game they would have still been one point behind so it was that kind of squeaky bum time heart attack pack, exactly like you Mm -hmm. say we were kind of worried about it Um, and it was definitely a sign of things to come because we we finished the game and said look this is a good jacksonville jaguars team these are young and they're fresh and then they ended up getting waxed by most teams throughout that season so then we were thinking okay yeah maybe we could have done better which leads us to game two against the vikings so we were one and oh and we went into the vikings we had to open their new stadium for them and our narrative wasn't right that we hope that we're going to trounce these fellas and yeah didn't quite work out for us
0: no well we had a bit of the unknown didn't we obviously it was a terrible injury for um for Teddy Bridgewater. And we ended up with Sam Bradford. in. Now Sam Bradford could have gone anyway, really. But people kind of doubted what he could bring to the Vikings. People said, you know, he's a decent looking quarterback. um, Somebody that has got good numbers at times, but then can sort of go off the boil. We didn't really know what we were going to get. And unfortunately that night he had a, he had a great night. I think what also went against us as well, obviously that was, that was the opening of their brand new stadium in Minnesota. Mm. Um, that probably added some something to it but yeah just that night even though it was uh, even though it finished only 17-14 to the Vikings I think my, my memory of that game was is that I don't know I, f- I feel like we were probably deservedly beaten really
1: yeah uh, surely were and as you said new stadium so it was loud really loud and that's something that we're going to have to deal with now going forward is that stadium is absolutely incredible they have that big vikings horn which is really annoying off-putting um it's crap (laughs) but but what right uh difference of opinion but what we'll have is is that this is what we're going to see throughout this sort of season uh post review is that it seems to be that we sort of give other teams their um you know this sort of record-breaking uh streak so I mean against the Vikings Sam Bradford and Stefan Diggs just destroyed us and I think that was Stefan Diggs' career game I think that was the best Sam Bradford has played in forever um, I think we, we had a as far as I remember we had a chance to go for a field goal in the third quarter a short field goal Mike McCarthy didn't he went for it um, and that didn't mm-hmm. come off and, and Aaron Rodgers had two fumbles and strangely enough as well I mean this is a game where Aaron Rodgers had his 14th game in a row under 100 his passer rating in this game was only 70.7 so as much as people like to talk about you know the offensive struggles uh this season and that we weren't doing too well and we we'll get on to that whole four and six lark later on in the in the review but ryan this this problem might be happening since uh you all went over for that chargers game this offensive struggle had been happening um since last season
0: yeah, and there was two points there, really. One one you mentioned, that the field goal that we went for and didn't make. And we keep saying, you know, that's that's just a, a coach's nightmare, really, because he's kind of, if he goes for it and gets it, he's a hero. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: if he doesn't and goes for the field goal, well, we got three points, but those same people that called him a hero will, go, uh, uh, will say it was the right decision to kick the field goal. You also have those same people in the very next situation saying, oh, we shouldn't have gone for the field goal, we should have gone for it. So they're always difficult. But yeah, that night it really did go against us. Um, but you're right, the offensive struggles, certainly at that time, we remember that. And I think Minnesota um, and, and Parson, even though the next couple of games uh, we had wins, we'll come to those, there was just something off about the offense. Something wasn't quite, the timing wasn't quite there or whatever. Um, but you're right, it kind of had been like that since, since what was it, week six the previous season against San Diego, wasn't it, when we were 6-0? And then those sort of just not, not everything being quite right sort of came to light and came to the forefront. And certainly we saw that continue in the early part of the season. One of the other main highlights, I think from that Detroit game, Lacey rushed for 103 yards that game. Now last season, we only had two rushes over a hundred yards hmm. or so. And, and one of them actually turned out to then be a wide receiver later on in the season. So, that was a massive issue I think for the whole season it's something hopefully we address going forward into next year
1: yeah and that's why sort of you know anybody because we do get you know the eternal optimists we get the eternal pessimists so we get lads who will say you can't talk trash about the team which we're not um and they say you're not allowed to say this on the other but look the offense was struggling since as you said the previous year we went up 6-0 and and again that kind of destroys the narrative that without Jordy Nelson that they the offense couldn't get it going because yeah we got it going for six games of that season we were looking like Super Bowl favorites um, when we went up 6-0 and oh, and then we, you know we had that grizzly game against the Chargers had the bye week and came back and then just you know could have barely string some type of offensive chemistry together and another thing that was kind of the narrative if people remember too because it is that review podcast is that people were saying that the defense were really stepping up I mean we had the best run defense uh, after you know week two but again, hindsight, and I, you know, we mentioned it on the podcast at the time, Chris Ivory for the Jags went to hospital with a mysterious injury in week one. Uh, week two, Adrian Peterson went off injured. So of course we could stack up um, some crazy good run defense because we didn't face a premium rusher. And just to finally end on this uh, Vikings game in week two and get on to the game that you just mentioned there, the Detroit Lions was, is that, you know, this sam bradford came in like you said and people sort of said jesus look at the vikings you know what are they doing and then bradford came in and was killing it at the start of the season and they said oh well they're justified these vikings guys are geniuses and then in typical uh skull lol vikings fashion the wheels fell off the wagon and he you know just all went downhill but in this game and this is what i was saying he had um uh 20 he was 22 or 31 for 286 yards two touchdowns no interceptions and his passer rating was 121.2 so that was the kind of numbers that we were given up and most of them were to stefan diggs but as you said ryan uh, onto the detroit lions um in the third game and we ended up you know really putting up the points at the start of this game and people were saying okay this is brilliant our offense is back and then we almost disintegrated to lose it but we ended up beating the lions um, in this game and it was a weird one wasn't it because A-Rod although we got all those touchdowns he only passed for 205 yards it was four touchdowns but only 205 yards which is pretty strange numbers
0: yeah yeah and especially when you look at this game and what Matt Stafford uh, actually threw Um one of the things I remember for this and yes it was a victory and that should be a positive thing Jordy came back with a bang um, he got some big numbers in this game um, the timing seemed to be on between Rodgers and Nelson in this game okay now one of the other things I remember though is this game was well, probably the first game I remember that season of where another another player really tore us up on the opposite team and that's Marvin Jones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Marvin Jones, I think, had uh, 205 yards and you're thinking to yourself, wow, he must have been thrown at all game. They must have thrown every no, six receptions, just six receptions and 205 yards. I mean, that's pretty good going, but that was one of those first games where we saw where we, we said it didn't we through the season and um you, you br- could probably bring up a number of examples where we made an also ran or a sort of a not a household name on another team become a superstar yeah. <laughs> playing against our secondary and this is probably one of those first ones and Marvin Jones uh did tear us apart that night yeah. luckily we did just enough to hold on
1: yeah uh it was his career high uh to as you said 205 yards and six receptions um and when you look at it, I mean most of that was made up then, uh when they were just going into half time and he had a seventy three yard touchdown pass uh from Stafford and at that point the game was thirty one ten. So, you know, we were cruising going into halftime and to let them come back the way they did um was pretty insane. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's another example where stefan Diggs and Matt uh uh Stephon Diggs the week before and then we had uh, Marvin Jones this week. Um and this as well is an important week uh, already because tight end Jared Cook uh, limped off to the locker room he injured his right ankle uh, he got tangled up with a defender in the second quarter and the same with Aaron Rybkowski so we can yeah. kind of see from here on out it wasn't as easy for the Packers at times because Jared Cook wasn't on the field and we saw what impact he had uh, down the stretch and into the playoffs
0: yeah and I think if the other thing to remember as well is that game that Latroy Guyon, Morgan, Morgan Bennett, Dayton Jones and Clay Matthews were all missing for that one yeah uh, bear in mind that was forced three slash four starters depending on where you put guy on yeah so that was big and then like you say to lose yeah. another two weapons this was maybe the start of the injury spurt
1: yeah and it's sort of it really is this throughout i mean we could and we're going to try hit on of so the injuries as we go along we're not going to pick out all of them because you know even as much research as we did to try pull out all the injuries and to sort of say where exactly it went wrong um it's pretty hard to do but you know what we held it together uh week four we went to the giants and we come up 23 16 winners in that and you know this is a giants team that bet the cowboys twice uh so it gave us hope going into the cowboys game that we could do with number on them um and in this game it was important too because wasn't this game grizzly for us Ryan when we were reviewing it because odell beckham hadn't had a touchdown for the first three games of the season we were looking at this one and these games always tend to go uh you know I bet you gets his first touchdown second third fourth fifth touchdown in this game on us because he was getting a lot of heat in the press and he ended up getting that touchdown in this game but it wasn't enough and we come out 23 16 winners so a positive win for the pack in spite of all of those injuries
0: yeah absolutely and I actually remember as well this one fell against the Giants I'm I'm trying to think back to it but I kind of remember feeling quite relaxed about this one watching it like I always felt we were in control of this one yeah um yeah, I mean it's hard it's hard to remember back to for every game through a season if you're just trying to remember back how you felt about it but there was something about the one against the Giants where it just felt okay um and luckily for us twice this season it felt okay uh but yeah it's it was it was a nice game and um I think DeVontae Adams as well probably this was one of the first weeks where he really showed up yeah um and we all know what happened with that guy going through the season then he really became once he got past his little uh, spell of the drops is he really became a, a huge player for this team and hopefully somebody that goes on to really build on on this season and become a big part of our future
1: yeah i mean in this game he had just highlight real touchdown catches um and this was a game that you remarked back in the day that you know he dropped i think one or two passes in this game but then he ended up coming down with passes that he honestly shouldn't have come down with um, and mm-hmm. another person that had a standout game as well and the narrative on this game for us was definitely you know Devonta Adams steps up Randall Cobb steps up and Jordy Nelson didn't so Randall Cobb had an absolute lights out game Um, he had nine catches for 108 yards which is absolutely crazy and then as you said you were dead right I mean the Packers d- did look completely in control in this game their first opening drive took eight minutes and 42 seconds off the game clock and um, it's a 16 play drive for 75 yards um and ended in a score and as well as that we kind of saw rookies come in that people were starting to get excited about um in training camp which was Kyler Fackrell uh he went mm-hmm. the third round draft pick he forced a fumble when he sacked Eli Manning um on a second and ten at the Giants thirty nine and then we see in defensive tackle Kenny Clark uh which is a, he was their first round pick which surprised people as well he recovered a fumble yeah. at the thirty one uh with a minute and fifteen seconds left and then Crosby come on and kicked a forty four yard field goal with three seconds left uh to give us that um lead so. Um, yeah it was a nice game for the rookies uh, it was nice to be able to put Odell Beckham in his box and as well as that that's where we saw that the um, cornerbacks um, you know could really do a number on Odell it gave us false hope I think Ryan leading into this Dallas game which we went over for this year
0: I think the thing with Odell just quickly and then we'll move on to Dallas the thing with Odell is can he do it in a big game when it matters and that's something that that guy if he wants to garner the attention and the admiration that he believes he deserves yeah that's what he's got to do he's got to show us that when he's going up against a big team or is in the playoffs or whatever it might be that's when he needs to turn up and he needs to do it every week but yeah oh god yeah dallas so that's when the uk packers trip happened isn't it and uh you got to go to lambo for the first time so i'll let you talk about this game because you were right on top of it
1: yeah went, went over for the first time uh we had the packers live uh camera crew following us around which is great um and we were going around finding bits and pieces it felt like a dream you had the cameras on us it just felt right uh, we're in the pro shop spending most of our money and the bank's money and everybody else's money that we could find Brett Favre was coming to town they were you know unleashing his number on the side of the stadium it just felt so good and we get waxed by 30 to 16 but what it really felt like was Ryan I know you went over with the lads last year because I couldn't make it I went over this year with the lads because you couldn't make it and you know you got that sort of dramatic win uh, against the Chargers that slap down uh, at the goal line to deny the Chargers the touchdown to win the game I don't look at us going over as the death knell for the Packers here. I'd look at the Brett Favre factor. You know what I mean? When he got in, you know, got inducted yeah. into Canton. Yeah. I mean, the the game got called off, and then he got his jersey retired against the Bears last season on Thanksgiving. We got waxed by the Bears when we shouldn't have because they were cacked that year. And then this year he gets his number on the side of the stadium, and someone wearing his number for the opposite team go and completely blow us apart uh you got some heat on twitter uh while we were away on this didn't you and uh w- what type of stuff are you getting again were you getting stuff like uh you know sack Aaron Rodgers sell them you know get value where you can that type of behavior started in this game I believe
0: uh, ah yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah so this was this was the start of it wasn't it I, I was I was struggling to think what you were meaning there I thought just <laughs> me personally I just thought there was just people saying oh well done you haven't gone it's your fault um <laughs> but no yeah you're right. So. Aaron Rodgers, uh, yeah, obviously (laughs) has had... Well, we've just looked back through the first few games and actually Aaron Rodgers, and this was a thing, wasn't it? It was kind of a myth that it was Aaron Rodgers' fault and Aaron Rodgers was terrible. Mm. But I guess like the media do, um, they create these storylines and they get people to believe. We actually, this was the start of it. And we spoke many times, didn't we, through the podcast this season. Those of you who have listened or or know and probably heard these stories before. But still my favourite one is... It's time to trade Aaron Rodgers while there's still trade value. Time to put Hundley in. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's the future, right? <laughs> Two problems with that. Hundley, nothing but respect for the kid because we don't know if he's good or bad yet. We know he's good in preseasons, but I mean, so Joe Callahan looked good in preseason. He's been cut. Um, you know, going back, I mean, there's been plenty of quarterbacks turn up in preseason and look all right. Do you know what I mean? So. How, how are we going to base the future of our franchise on that? I don't know. But trading Aaron Rodgers, I mean, come on. how What a, what a dumb comment that is now. Yeah. And it's actually, it's absolutely true. We're not just saying that so we have somebody to talk about every week. There was somebody that absolutely, and we, and we replied to it, and he replied back justifying it, and he justified, and he justified, and he justified. And, justifi- and guess who hasn't tweeted us ever since? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This yeah. guy's yeah. never going to turn around and say he was wrong.
1: No but you know what uh, from watching the game in the stands it was a pretty weird game Um the crowd were jeering him uh, he finished 31 of 42 uh, and he actually had a season high 294 um, and he said after the game look we're upset they're upset it's part of it and he didn't really lay into the fans though I usually see Aaron as a guy who's very reactive very sensitive um so I thought that that would really kill him. Um, but yeah we got completely run over in this game we come up against Ezekiel Elliott uh, who destroyed us we come up against Dak Prescott uh, who had been phenomenal for that season and in fact he'd even broken Tom Brady's record for consecutive pass attempts as a rookie Um, to come in Tom Brady held it with 162 passes he went to 176 but Morgan Burnett uh, went and broke that with 20 seconds left in the third quarter and came down with a diving interception on third and eight um, at the Dallas six uh, to take off prescott and destroy his record so that's the only record that we got in this game and it was nice uh ryan because uh, brett came out at halftime and was chatting away um so that was nice that
0: kind of reminds me though didn't brett favre come out during the playoffs this year you know after we were looking good and winning and then he said you know i believe they can go all the way to the super bowl and then we lost yeah somebody needs to tell brett to keep his nose out
1: <laughs> yeah get away from green bay
0: like like um, we love you you were great you will always be a legend and we will always wear your jersey but time to just back off
1: <laughs> yeah we should have really sent them into atlanta and told them to start complimenting Matt ryan or something um you know this, this leads us then. so the four and two packers went up against the, the one and six chicago bears and uh this was in green bay again and some of the lads actually stayed on for this game and it was good that they did because we came away 26 10 in this game uh something completely different that was a nice pick me up from dallas ryan but there were still rumblings weren't there um that you know, the Packers weren't well on offense, uh, but still Aaron Rodgers uh, got back to his short pass game. He finished 39 to 56 for 326 yards and three touchdowns. Um, So it was a pretty comfortable win in the end and something that I really should have stayed on for instead of just ending at the Dallas game. Dear Jesus
0: yeah but you could look that as a positive the moment you left we started winning again
1: (laughs) hey look it's Brett all right we've we've established (laughs) that already come on buddy do
0: you know what though this was the point as well this was almost the turnaround moment for the Chicago Bears who incredibly improved by not only already having Jay Cutler out as a quarterback they then lost Brian Hoyer Mm. and then ended up with Matt Barkley and who thought that their third choice quarterback would end up being their best quarterback
1: yeah but uh, you know what i saw stats actually that said they looked at jay cutler and they looked at you know jay cutler's backups and his backups actually had higher quarterback ratings every one of them for the last six years so it's pretty incredible and you know what barkley turned into a pretty decent quarterback now we put a lot of pressure on him because we blitzed him a lot in this game um but then as he went down the stretch he could really put it up and we sort of speak later in the in the review you know how we put it up to the packers and that was the one that we were scared of but it does lead us ryan into the first game against the atlanta falcons this season uh the second one doesn't go too well spoiler alert but the five and three atlanta <laughs> falcons come up against the four and three packers and it ends 33 32 now anybody would look at that and go yeah they're, they're a great team uh we were waxing them the whole game we were winning the game for 59 of the 60 minutes but it just seemed like on that final drive they say on oh, matt ryan with you know quarterback magic he was you know he's late comebacks and all this it was nothing to do with that the defense let us down and uh, you know they came out after that uh, sanu said they don't call him mad ice for nothing yeah all right just shut your tits i mean you know you got away with one they had linebacker jake ryan on you and you ended up running into the end zone turning around and catching a ball that wasn't thrown uh very accurately to you and came down with it but sanu i think ryan caught four passes or something insane on the last drive, and it just looked yeah. like one of those things that we always do, where we give someone a big game, and even though they're killing us with them, we just don't seem to, you know, man cover them, and we got stung.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if there's a receiver out there wanting to make his name, then he was probably kind of hoping that he'd be playing Green Bay at some point that season, <laughs> yeah. because that just seemed to be the pattern. Now, I remember back this game. Obviously, we had the meet up in London. Um, it was after one of the international games. We had the big meet up. Everything was going great, and we were winning all game um we had guys come down from scotland uh, england there was irish guys there there was several guys over from germany that came to meet us it was a real big european feel meet up and everything was going brilliantly well and like you said for 59 of those 60 minutes uh, it would have all worked out brilliantly so yeah never mind but yeah the thing is this was the one i think i started saying when we were doing the podcast originally there was in, you could see enough in this in this loss to not completely give up on the Packers. Like things were starting to happen. Yeah. And I know then that, that sounds ridiculous because then we went and lost. And again we'll come to them. We lost to Indianapolis, we lost to Tennessee, we lost to Washington after these games. But there was something in that Atlanta game where you just sort of felt, you know what, actually I think I think we're all right. There's just we gotta gotta get it all kicking on the same day. Yeah. Um,
1: Exactly. Yeah, we did we started to see that magic from Aaron Rodgers. But then I suppose hindsight again, when you look back on it and you see how bad the Atlanta Falcons defence is, you sort of start to see that, you know, they're an offensive powerhouse, our defence are really struggling, the injuries are really starting to rack up, they're already calling for Dom Caper's head. And then we're like oh, like what you were saying, like, at least the offense were doing something against a poor defence because it seemed that the offense still couldn't get a clicking over poor defenses, but you know all type of uh hope of that it just comes tumbling down against the colts so we go into this colts game they're four and five we're four and four we're 0.5 on the season um and the colts executive came out at the time and said the packers will not face a worse team all season their offensive line hasn't been notoriously bad for the last four or five years so much so that chuck Pagano has came out about andrew Luck and said look not exactly hey look Andrew look no he said look at um you know the offensive line is bad Andrew has to get used to the fact that he has to play behind a really shitty offensive line so he should be able to do it at this stage which we said was absolutely insane it's like giving someone a car with only three wheels and saying look you know the car has three wheels you should still be able to make it to work by now and you're kind of thinking what screwed up logic is that and we ended up losing this game 31 26 and their offensive line held up the best it did all season which again here we go again with this type of best season, uh, best all season stuff, Ryan. Their offensive line was incredible. Our defense couldn't get out and done. And this is where people thought that I was a bit harsh on Clinton Dix. He had the chance to wrap up um, Andrew Luck, get us the ball back. Uh, but he went and scuffed these lines. Andrew Luck made that long uh, reception and that ended the game. Pretty grisly one to watch. Yeah,
0: it was as well. And I think um, the, the, the probably the biggest moment in this game and certainly what set the tone for it was... The opening play where the Colts came out and returned the ball 99 yards, and obviously exactly. they didn't tell us we'd started the game, which I thought was <laughs> incredibly unfair. Yeah. You know, we, we must have still been in the locker room because I just remember watching that one and just seeing that guy running back through the whole field, and you're thinking, right, okay, yeah. not the best start, but we're still okay because, as you said, offensive line's terrible. I think we spoke about the receivers they had on the team. I mm. think really, yeah, okay, Ty was is okay. The tight end was half decent, if I remember. But really, they didn't have a great deal of things. And then we were also, and we really shouldn't have done it because he got two touchdowns, but we were kind of saying, you know, Frank Gore, oh, it's amazing that he's still playing at the age of 56, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And actually, we got we got really embarrassed by, as you say, a really, really poor Indianapolis Colts team.
1: Yeah, because if you... And for, for good reason that we were sort of criticising, saying like, you know, right, this is a gimme. Because the Colts had allowed a season worse uh 31 sacks uh for the quarterback leading into this game so you know we were looking at at least coming away with at least three sacks in this game if not more you know 31 sacks it's absolutely incredible after nine games you know it's insanity and uh i you know when you look at it do you uh, just riddle me this who scored that 99 yard touchdown return can you remember his name
0: no, I, I know it because I've got it in front of me. But no, <laughs> normally I would say no.
1: Exactly right. I didn't but just, remember
0: it. I didn't remember it before I did my research. Either, but yeah. Exactly.
1: But that Tod, isn't that Tod the Man. Toddman. That, that's it. <laughs> Toddman. And we were like, "On who? Who's Tod, Who's Toddman? You know?" Because we just we didn't know who he was. And <laughs> the only thing, and it's amazing what springs up. It's like when someone says what were you doing Michael Jackson died and the answer is making a joke about Michael Jackson dying is that it's the same with this is that we saw a squirrel run onto the pitch and that seemed to really set the tone for this one is that the most exciting and joyous thing about this whole game and loss was the squirrel coming on and within about two seconds of the squirrel putting all four paws on the on the turf we already had a Twitter account set up for the Lambo squirrel um does it get any better at the next week though rhino uh we go to tennessee titans and we get absolutely pasted 47 25 this was one of the worst games i think i've ever watched as a packer fan uh we made marcus mariotta look like an absolute boss he throws for four touchdowns and you know we get destroyed in this game i mean you know he looked like again it was these it was a franchise high for them they'd never done the likes of this in yards and touchdowns i think in all of tennessee titans history and yeah of course we give someone else a franchise record
0: yeah I mean, this was a terrible game this one was the one i remember again thinking you know like we had this little losing streak and we kept sort of saying oh this this is the game this is the game we get it well originally that was the Colts. this will be the game that gets us kick-started again yeah. and then we lost that and we went okay the titans this will be the game that will win and it gets kick-started again yeah and you know, if, if I just look at some of them, yeah, DeMarco Murray had, had sort of been at this point knocked around a couple of different teams since being a star in Dallas. Um, he does well against us. Brian Arakpo had been fairly quiet. I think he had two two sacks against us. You know, just people seem to... I don't know what it was last season, but generally if people were going to have their, their big game, they had it against the Packers. Um and this was just just a again a horrible one to watch and and not one that you really remember much about or remember too fondly
1: yeah and then do you know what we were despairing after it but then when you start to look at this streak that Mariota was on it was pretty incredible i mean he was the first quarterback in league history uh with a 70 percent or better completion rate in three straight games or in three games i don't even know if they were straight Um he had four touchdown passes and no interceptions um, you know, in his first two seasons, so I mean, he was he was looking pretty prolific, and the wheels kind of came off their season later on. Uh, but certainly Mariota's someone to watch, and someone who's someone to watch coming into this season, um, this upcoming season is Kirk Cousins. I mean, that dude, you know, he's going to get paid in Washington, which was the Packers' next game, and again, pasted. You know, I think this was what was it the first time in since the eighties or seventies even that the Packers got bed in two forty uh, point games. Now that's off straight memory. Uh the Redskins came into this game six and three. We were four and six um after this and it was forty two twenty four to the Redskins and they made Kirk Cousins look like Montana. It was embarrassing.
0: Yeah, I mean this this was a this was a horrible game and, and as you said we got pretty uh pretty smashed in this one. Um we just didn't seem to have any answer to it to a Washington Redskins offense, which is not a bad not a bad offence but certainly not a world beating offence it looked like on this day mm. i think at this point this this was where most of us most of the packers fans out there probably and if anybody anyone disagrees with me at this point you know let us know but i think this is the point now where people are really kind of feeling you know season is fast slipping away from us and there's no way this is going to come back and really there was no there was no real sign in front of us that any that we should believe that anything was about to change because we kept getting up for it. We kept saying, you know, it'll be the Colts, it'll be the Tennessee Titans, it'll be the it'll be the Skins, you know, but it never happened. And it kept looking bad. And we couldn't. We'd get we'd get a certain aspect of the game good, um, but then everything else would fall apart. Yeah. And then the next week we'd get that particular aspect right, but something else would fall apart, you know. And it it just wasn't nice to watch. And it, it really. We were trying to stay positive on the podcast back then. I remember this. I know we also had a bit of a podcast where we went on a bit of a rant. But generally, we tried to keep it upbeat and we tried to keep believing. But I think, and I'm quite happy to admit it now, I think at the time, personally, I was feeling like, "Mm, this one's done. And the best we can look at this season is maybe getting a bit of a higher draft pick, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's what we were getting. People were sort of starting to question, like, "Look, is this the season that the Packers need to get someone quality in the draft?" And then we had that whole discussion whether, you know, you can't necessarily draft talent all the time. You can have a first round pick, and they don't really work out for you. Um, it was a bit of a weird game. It was it was funny in a way. You know, I was despairing because Kirk Cousins went for three hundred and seventy five yards, which was absolutely embarrassing. But it was that game where, and I've seen highlights of it since, and I kind of have to laugh. Jordy Nelson catches a thirteen yard yard touchdown. And uh, Josh Norman comes across and slaps the ball out of his hands. And Nelson goes, you know, he has that feeling of, oh shit, you know, he puts his hands in the air like, damn it, I should have held on to it. And then they give him the touchdown anyway. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. kind of thinking, yeah.
0: it's like when you're It made- could have been worse.
1: Oh yeah. Do you know what? It's like when you know you're on the golf course and your mate hits a uh, hits the ball and he throws the club to the ground and goes, "Ah, that was absolute rubbish." And then it ends up landing, you know, two inches away from the pin, and he can't redeem himself by going, "Meant that," you know, because he's kind of, you know, <laughs> sort of thinking like, "Yeah, you thought you bottled it, mate." Yeah. Um, so
0: you 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 haven't actually played uh, girl for me, but you've pretty much just just described every time I hit a tee shot <laughs> is to then do then do the then do the club throw.
1: Yeah it's brilliant when you see professional golfers I think Rory McIlroy did it once and then you know you just can't redeem yourself if you have millions of people watching on camera it's just not going to work out too well for you but we discussed it earlier in this podcast Rhino this is you know we're talking about the Packers being absolutely smashed with injuries here Um, JC Treader was down uh, TJ Lang was injured uh, Martinez who had the communications helmet he was injured uh, Barkley came on and we had Jason Spriggs come on and people were thinking oh you know Spriggs is going to do a good job he's looking lively and they combined the cost Green Bay 25 yards on three penalties so it didn't work out too well Um, and then Kentrell Bryce went off with a back injury and the injuries were just racking up but it's after this game that the famous I think we can run the table happened and dear Jesus did he do it on to the Philadelphia Eagles and they were doing pretty well Uh, Carson Wentz had a pretty dynamite season and we were very convincing of this win Ryan Warby 27-13 and we seen uh, Ripkowski get his first touchdown I believe in this game and he didn't know what to do with the ball and he sort of got across and you can see the sort of shell-shocked look on his face and the lads were like, you know, do something. And he was like, what do we do? And they were like, I don't know, spike the ball or something. And he just smashes the ball <laughs> into the turf. Yeah. And a delightful scene to see. He didn't
0: run the ball so much at college at all. I think he was pretty much yeah. just a, just kind of a blocking guy. And this is really a new skill that he's learnt this season. And, you, you know, I know Ted Thompson comes under flack for, for, for always going with the draft and develop. But mm. even if sometimes we miss on the drafting, the one thing we do seem to do well consistently is we always do the develop yeah, and we can bring players in, and we can, we. Can, I mean, look, we've just taught Ty Montgomery how to be a running back. We've, we've taught Ripkowski now how to be an effective runner,
1: yeah.
0: um, and almost in that John Coon mold. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you yeah. know, there's, we've got, we've got guys that turned up as undrafted free agents. Is it Waiters or Waters that turned up? Uh, and he's a wide receiver. He's now playing at cornerback. Yeah. You know, so we get the develop bit. We do really, really well. And we've always done well with our late-round draft picks and stuff like that. Aaron Ripkowski was another example of that this this year. One of the things I do remember, though, from this Philly game, um, their receivers really let Philly down. So it was a convincing win, um, but they didn't put a great deal in front of us. And uh, luckily, we managed to have a night where we didn't make one of their no-name receivers an absolute superstar. Um, but, yeah, certainly they didn't really put a great deal up. And, again, whilst publicly podcast twitter so on being mr positive about it i was still feeling inside like yeah but this is just a really terrible team um but yeah, this really was the start of something special, was it not?
1: <laughs> yeah, and that was the thing is that I think an awful lot of the fans were feeling like, look, we've lost four in a row. Okay, we get one back, but how long can we keep this going? And I don't think anybody believed in that run the table stuff until it was like two, three, four games in. Um, you know, it was a it was a pretty good game. The Packers were 10 and 14 on third down, which was pretty convincing. I think we had one of the best third down uh, conversion percentages as we go on from this game. Um, and the Eagles didn't get any sacks on us. They didn't take the ball away. Uh, So this game really came down to us converting third down, good field position and not turning the ball over, which Aaron Rodgers uncharacteristically did in the earlier games. I mean, he was fumbling the ball all over the place. He was holding on to it too long. Um, And again, he connected with Adams on an absolutely dynamite play. It was an over the shoulder pass for a 50 yard gain it was class and it was a weird game as well and there's something that uh, the other podcast went on about that Doug Peterson challenged the two-yard catch in the third quarter and uh, now he won that and it moved it from um a, f- a f- second and ten yeah. instead of a second and eight or something and uh, you know people yeah. were sort of think why why would you do that to, to you know stand try make a stand or you know it's like someone who goes into a shop and buys something and the cashier doesn't give you your 1p change and you stand there going I want my 1p change okay it's principle you're, you know you're not gonna get rich off it but it was kind of that weird one. <laughs> uh, but we marched on. But to be honest with you, uh, Ryan, I mean, as you said, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, there weren't world beaters. And we moved on to play the Texans, who, again, weren't world beaters. But it's all about a confidence reason I mean, we spoke about that, um, spoke about it earlier on in the podcast, that, you know, how much does confidence play into it? Is this just something that the media go on about? But we ended up beating the Texans 21-13. to Not an overly convincing win, but once we see what they put up to the Patriots in recently, uh, we can sort of see that their defence can come and play, but still, we came away with the win.
0: Yeah, sure can. And this was the game, believe it or not, this late in the season gets us back to 500. Yeah. You know, this this, this evens it up at six and six, I believe. Um, but yeah, when at the time we played the Texans, were they uh, first in their division, if I remember? They were first or second yeah. in their division.
1: They were uncharacteristically. Um, they were saying, how can a team at six and six be first? It was insane.
0: I know, yeah. So it's... it's I mean, it's mad. I've, I've thought, for to be fair, for quite some time, it's a lot harder competition in the NFC than the AFC. Um, there, obviously, there'll be, t- you know, fans of teams out there in the AFC that will disagree with that. But even when you looked at the playoff setup this year, if that was sort of a free for all where it started NFC versus AFC right at the start of the playoffs, I would have backed most of the NFC teams to beat most of the AFC teams, with probably the exception of the New England Patriots maybe the Steelers yeah, but you know so that's how I guess they were where, where they were where they, at, at that time um, but we were quite good against these guys and not perfect but there was enough again there to get the win um, but again there was still there was hope at this point I don't know if there was much more than hope I'm trying to remember at which point I really really got excited about the possibility of doing it but at this point I would say there was starting to get some hope
1: yeah i think you sort of went balls of steel on it you know and sort of said look the seasons people are writing it off so you're going to say that they go and win out and you're always super confident about it i was always very skeptical about it and it ended up bringing through but this is the game that people sort of started to get worried then because they were thinking right okay we've put two wins together but aaron Rodgers had that injury uh to his left hamstring and people kind of thinking i wonder what's going to happen with that we were done a favor because Jadavian Clowney, who's absolutely dynamite didn't play in this game Um, but a few fun things in this game I suppose Randall Cobb famous for doing the snow angel Uh, so he did that and people loved it and it went viral and then another player somewhere else in the league I believe uh, did a snow angel and he got fined and (laughs) he also got a big uh, I think he got penalised for unsportsmanlike conduct or whatever it was and as well as that Julius Peppers who again is at least seven hundred years of age. He's actually Frank Gore's great great grandfather. and um, he's been playing in the league now for fifteen years. He got his a hundred and forty two and a half sack uh, of his career in this game. So that was his I think he he overcame Michael Strahan, didn't he? Uh, fifth on the list. So now he's number five all on his own. Um and he yes. has to get past a hundred and fifty and a half now to beat the next guy.
0: Yeah, I wonder if he's gonna be Quebec next season to make that happen.
1: Yeah, that's something that we're going to be discussing on later podcasts, aren't we? Rhino? now, um, it's going to be interesting to see. But the guy certainly doesn't seem to to age at all. But look, the 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 you know the Venga bus was rolling here. Uh, the Packers went and bet the Seahawks, uh, which was absolutely glorious. The Seahawks, I believe, were without Earl Thomas in this game, which really sort of uh, signified... doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, you know what? It really didn't because we waxed them thirty-eight ten. What a glorious game to watch Rhino.
0: Oh, this is this is without doubt my favourite game of that season.
1: Yeah.
0: And, I mean, let's face it. People said, you know, to watch us beat them that well, um, when it, a pretty important win for us as well. Because remember at this point, we were at the point where if we lose one, it's done. Yeah. So we had no choice but to do as Aaron Rodgers said we would and win out. We had no choice. So all these games were important. And I remember people tweeting us saying, does this make up for you now what happened in that championship game? It was amazing, and it was my favourite game of the season, um, the regular season. Um, But no, it doesn't make up for that NFC Championship game. But it did help a little bit to sweeten it, didn't it? I mean, this game was crazy. The turnovers were unbelievable. It was just excitement from start to finish. And it was probably, if if I'm thinking of a game last year that we actually got a sizable lead and kept that sizable lead... And kept it right of the way until the end. You know, not like several games last year. Yeah. Um, Dallas being one again in, in the postseason, but there was some in the regular season where we got a nice big league to get going. I think you had mentioned Atlanta as well, where we let them back in. Mm. Um, you know, and then they would come all the way back. We managed to perform in this game from minute one to minute 60 and and win convincingly well. And it was just for me, this was... This was the moment. This win is the one that made me start thinking, do you know what? Actually, stuff just winning out the season, I think this is a team that can now potentially go all the way.
1: Yeah, it's kind of against all odds as well, Ryan, isn't it? I mean, when you look at this game, because the Seattle defense was, I think it was ranked the best in the league uh, coming into this. Um, You know, they were racking up, you know, season high points on D, uh, but we dominated. uh, And we uh, also, on top of that, we killed their offensive line, uh, who was you know pretty crap to begin with but again we were out we were without nick perry that's where he got that uh he was out with a hand injury uh blake martinez was out with a knee injury uh clay matthews that's where he was really shuff, uh, suffering with the shoulder, um. So he was very limited. He's only limited to passing and down. There, <laughs> Ryan stroked his club in the background. Uh, if you don't know about Nick Perry, that's going to sound super odd. Uh, Randall. I was going to say
0: that sounds weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's also now you said it out loud. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing I said club and not chub. So, and then uh, Randall Cobb went off then on a cart, um, and he came back on I think to you know rapturous applause. Uh, Jared Cook went out with a chest injury. But one of the positives in this was Ty Montgomery got his first running touchdown it was on a one yard play and you know that was pretty fascinating to people that Ty Montgomery they were using him as this sort of utility back and people were happy yeah. about it and as well as that Jeff Janis scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter so where people thought his career kind of hit a bit of a dent now he came back into the game this set up Ryan didn't it sort of a run-in then with every game that we're going to face now was going to be divisional and we were going to have to beat the lions when it came down to it and our next Mm -hmm. three games were going to be against the bears the vikes and the lions and we continued to run the table so against the bears we come up against matt barkley who was pretty dynamite and it came down to a three-point game so we bet them 30 27 that's one that we highlighted didn't we as kind of the scary one on the podcast on the run-in
0: yeah, I think people were looking past this game because Chicago have been, well, basically, they've been fairly terrible for the whole season. Yeah. And uh, that's, how, that's but just for the record, that's how we like the Chicago Bears. But <laughs> they've been fairly terrible. But at this point, uh, and I think I said it several times, if somebody's had such a terrible, terrible season and they have the chance to ruin their biggest rival season, then you know that's going to be their biggest game for them. That's yeah. going to be their. That's their Super Bowl. If they can somehow destroy Green Bay's hopes of going to the playoffs, they will come out of that season feeling like they had the victory over the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Okay? It doesn't matter about the record. It would just leave that that feeling with them. Um, So it was always going to be a dangerous one, and it was a tough, tough game
1: it was and if you look at this game as well Aaron Rodgers didn't score a touchdown in this game you know it was in the hands of Ty Montgomery and Kristen Michael uh Ty ended the game 16 carries 162 yards that's 10.1 yards per carry which is insanity and Kristen Michael did the job on it as well four carries for 45 Mm -hmm. he had had even better yards per carry than Ty Montgomery and scored a touchdown so it really came down to the wire but we got the job done and on we marched so again we were still trying to catch up on the Lions and we knew that if we bet the Vikings then I think we pulled in line with the Lions then and people were like oh it's great and going into the last game of the season against the Lions uh, what it actually came down to was is that whoever won wins the division and we both had a chance to go through which actually uh, what happened but we came up against the Minnesota Vikings and we won 38-25 uh, but the numbers are pretty startling in this game Ryan aren't they Sam Bradford again came out with 382 yards which was nearly 40 yards better than Aaron Rodgers on the night three touchdowns Aaron Rodgers less yards one extra touchdown um, which was pretty shocking that the, you know we let Bradford mm-hmm. put up these numbers again and again like you said like I've said in this podcast we gave massive numbers not to a no-name receiver but certainly someone who shouldn't be putting up these hall of fame numbers and that was Thielen he came away with 202 yards and two touchdowns Ryan who is this guy before this goddamn yeah man?
0: well Thielen's yeah he's a guy that's actually been quite impressive for him and yeah. you know they've got the big names they've got the uh is it Patterson, they've got Diggs that should be good. They've got the ex-Green Bay guy that plays. Is it Johnson?
1: Yeah, Charles Johnson. Uh,
0: yeah, and I say ex-Green Bay. I think he was there preseason, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and there's possibly another guy, and then there's this Thielen. And do you know he looks a dangerous player, and it, it looks he looks a nice piece for them. But yeah, Bradford had a real big night against us, and, and obviously our defense allowed him to have that. Um, but Nelson for us, I mean this guy. One hell of a season. I think it's worth mentioning this again now. If you look back through the season, bearing in mind that many people said that Nelson may never be that same player, yeah. And I go back through and I look at one, two, three. Uh, f- f- I think it's at least four, five games where he's he's near enough 100 or over 100 yards yeah. in receiving. And then I think he did he have the record as well that season for the most touchdowns. Um, most receiving touchdowns, you know, and everybody's talking about Antonio Brown or Odell Beckham or Des Bryant or all of these other flashy guys. But yeah, Nelson, what a season he ended up having. And he was one of the uh, one of the big reasons. for for, for our success
1: absolutely I mean the chemistry was well back and when we would go into that last game against the Lions it was winners take all Uh, we knew that we had a playoff place before we went in uh, but the game was still important to us to keep that momentum going Um, by God did we do it Aaron Rodgers 300 yards 4 touchdowns and this is where we've seen the top receiver on the night was Geronimo Allison and it was so brilliant to see Aaron Rodgers spray the ball around and trust in Allison and it was funny actually listening to Allison after the games because they were asking him all these questions and I, he must have been drilled by the Packers PR because he was like a deer in headlines he didn't really know what to say like oh, yeah you know I'm just happy for this opportunity oh what do you think and like, how was the game for you yeah, it was good you know he never came he was that typical sort of uh, interview that you don't see if you look at the likes of Mason Crosby you know he'll say it as it is he's been in the game long enough to know what to say not what to say but Geronimo Allison four receptions for 91 yards and one touchdown uh, you know yeah. his longest was 39 yards but the dude was dynamite in this game and so was Ripkowski.
0: I think if I'm if I'm l- lucky enough one day to have a child, I am going to try and call him Geronimo
1: Peacock. <laughs> Jesus, in England, it's even weirder. You know what I mean? I think I think there's head zero,
0: head. there's literally zero chance of that happening. But I do want to touch on something um, quickly with you. And I know, obviously, going through these games one by one is taking its time. Yeah. But uh, Montgomery. So you'll remember back to start of the year when we were doing the history podcasts, mm. and if you haven't listened to those, go and find them. We go all the way back from the start of the Packers when Steve will tell you that everybody was Irish got drunk for and uh, loved American football. Yep. Um, I true. think that's pretty much what he says. Yep, true. All the way up through the good times, the bad times, and then the good times again and to the present day. But certainly on those history podcasts back in the very early days, there was, there was all this... Um, Basic players coming into the teams and then changing positions and, and, and becoming something else. And we started to see again a bit more of that this year. And Montgomery, how well did he, this guy do? And what do you think going into next season with this kid? Can he be our number one running back going into the year? Do
1: you know what? Sometimes I think it's that naivety and not knowing uh, the position in a way can kind of help you. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but um, I think that he, he did stuff... Uh, this season and he's he's a very opportunistic runner he's not he doesn't run straight downhill like Kristen michael who's very very direct and i really like Kristen michael and i think if he, you know they can teach him the system i think he can be an absolute standout uh running back and the same with yeah. Ty montgomery and they've shown that they want like mike mccarthy came out didn't he and said that he wants eddie lacy back now whether that's all just poison and flexing because you know if you want a player you know cheap maybe i don't know i don't know what's going to happen with lacy it all depends on whether lacy's back if lacy comes back i think the one-two punch between him and kristen and michael would be very exciting because kristen michael was the number one uh seahawks running back and i think he was the first running back in nfl history to be the number one running back to f- of another team and face that team in the same face, season yeah because you know you yeah, don't and let that's go crazy you. stat yeah and do you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of brock Osweiler's stat uh, where you know he's the first quarterback in NFL history who led his team to the playoffs but got benched, and not only did he get benched, he got benched twice because you'd expect that if you win your division, well then you're going to be good, and that there's no way they're going to bench you. But he actually got benched twice, and that's the same with Christian Michael. I mean, you don't let go your number one running back, but they did, and I think he could be dominant. Um, well, so-
0: Christine, Christine Michael would be hoping that he, uh, that that very very similar to Osweiler, when he gets similar money in his next contract. I don't think that'll happen, but it no. it certainly worked for Brock Osweiler, didn't it? Yeah. Now, I, I would think, though, with Eddie Lacy, um, and a number of people said about will we keep Lacy, and, and I'm undecided myself. I'm worried for, one, because the injuries have started a little bit, but, two, I'm more worried about the fact he can't seem to control his weight, and obviously that's been an issue. But then, actually, if I look through the first – first few games of the year he had 61 50 103 81 and then 65 yards through the first through the first five five games six weeks of the year yeah okay so bearing in mind that we are a team that's always going to lean towards passing his numbers weren't too bad this year I guess for what he had you know so it's an interesting one it depends how much money he's going to want and I guess depends how much money someone else might give
1: him? Yeah, which it sort of brings us to the forgotten man, which is Starks. You know, and this was a guy who really couldn't get it going this season. He was running sideline to sideline. Uh, he was looking more like Reggie Bush than you know James Starks of the previous season, where you know with Starks and Lacy, you know we did have the best one-two punch in the NFL. It seemed like when Lacy went out and Starks came in, there was no real difference. You know that that's really changed now, and I I don't know where Starks stands but i guess we're going to see that as we start coming into training camp and pre-season because i know that twitter yeah. are asking us a lot of questions aren't they right now i know this podcast is running up a little over time usually we try to keep our podcast between maybe 40 50 minutes uh but this will be slightly longer uh, if you enjoy it uh, you'll be happy but if not uh you know turn us off but this will be a bit longer because it kind of is a bit of housekeeping it's, it's ending this season um, and i know twitter are sort of asking us you know who are the free agents that we're going to pick up but you really don't know because you don't know how to you know the season evaluations are going to go Um, i know our friends wes hodkowitz and mike spofford were doing their end of season awards so you know it's when the coaches do those end of season awards isn't it ryan when they can sort of evaluate each position see who they need to let go now it's no secret that it's all on defense people are very surprised that dom capers is back um, and we'd like to know everybody's thoughts on that how do you feel about that we'll get to the playoffs now in two seconds but how do you feel about the positions ryan do you think we're all set on offense and it's the defense that really needs attention
0: well i think it depends doesn't it what's available and let's face it there was a, a bowl game tonight North East south i think the south won it by a point if i remember mm-hmm. um so there's a bunch of guys i've had a look at there there's a bunch of guys that are going to have a look in is it the east west shrine game i think they have as well um Then you've got the NFL Combine. Then you've got other workouts. You know, There's people that are going to come from all over the place. So you've got all those new players coming into the league, and and then you've got free agency to worry about on top of that. Now, all we know at this point is players that are coming to the end of their contracts, you know, and it's only going to be the unrestricted free agents, I think, as I understand it, that essentially we can go and make an offer to. Mm -hmm. Um, We can make an offer to the restricted free agents, but essentially their teams have the right to match those offers. So, you know, trying to to say now... And then, of course, you don't know who's going to be cut. You don't know who we're going to cut. I mean, we might be going, oh, yeah, well, let's look at a running back. But if we've got... If we then end up keeping Michael, Montgomery uh, and Lacey, there's three pretty decent running backs there. They'll probably pick one up undrafted that will come into practice camp and then probably get cut, you know? Uh, Sorry, into, into training camp, sorry, and then probably get cut. So, really, until we know what we're doing with our own personnel until all that scouting and all the great things that ted thompson and his team are going to go out and do and find these gems and everything else i wouldn't even worry about free agency now some people have come out and they've said that this year maybe we make more of a splash i can't see us going into full win now mode because it'll be too much of a change i guess but if we could come up with just the charles woodson and a jared cook this year to add to the mix then that would be pretty cool
1: yeah but that's the thing. It's amazing that people are coming out saying, "Oh, the Packers are going to be more aggressive in free agency." Like, how do you know? And who's going to be available in free agency? And you know, we had all these rumors about Ted Thompson becoming the number one, like you know, a, a scouting consultant, and Elliot Wolf moving into that position. And now people are asking, "What's happening with Elliot Wolf?" And you know, they expected Dom Capers to be gone, which might need, mean a change from three four to four three and. You know, I mean, no one knows. It's all idle speculation. We'll we'll talk about it on a later podcast, but I think we need to see where the season washes out. I mean, it's such a crazy time at the moment. Even Ben Roethlisberger is coming out saying, well, I don't know if I'm going to be back next season. It seems like that, just like Brett Favre, this guy needs his ego stroked a bit. But anyway, uh, I think we've talked about too much uh, club and uh, ego stroking. So let's get on to the playoffs. <laughs> we'll run through this quickly because, I mean, it's so fresh in the memory that people know what, what happened. You know, we waxed the Giants uh, first round, Ryan uh odell beckham again is shut down and like you were saying earlier in the podcast if there's a time for you to step up it's the playoffs and odell beckham uh with the whole boat gate and boat saga it didn't pay off for the dude
0: yeah pretty i mean look that boat trip fishing trip whatever it was down in miami had no bearing on those players okay it was a day off anyway so if you're playing for a team that's in new york there's enough distractions in new york the fact they went to miami went out on a boat has no no bearing um the only thing is what they will learn is that the media will make it an issue especially the new york media you can't do anything in new york without without it being on a paper or on a well that's really old-fashioned now does anything still go on papers (laughs) It's probably, but you can't do a lot in New York if you're a sports star, especially like Odell Beckham, without it being plastered probably on the screens in Times Square. So they'll learn from that. But it had no real bearing. The thing is, is that he came up against Ladarius Gunter. Now everyone's going, where are you going with that one? Well, Ladarius Gunter shut him down that night, and there was some help from the safety over the top and all the rest of it. But generally, Gunter shut down Odell Beckham, and that's why. until Odell he can do it in the big games he's not in my conversation for the best receiver in the league.
1: No and Odell Beckham shut down Odell Beckham because when it comes into it I mean he had that drop pass in the end zone he had that sort of slightly high pass that you know he's coming down with. This is a guy who had the skills competition came down with a pass, that well not a, I'm going to say pass but a dropped ball from 125 feet from a drone and he comes down with that thing and is able to run up and you know do somersaults and yet he can't come down with some of the balls that Eli Manning was throwing him who actually had a pretty alright game until the quarter quarter um, so yeah we waxed them but that's what you get when you talk shit I mean when you're coming out and you have cleats with mice with cheese on them and you're like oh the mouse gets the cheese and then they're asking Odell you know you're down in Miami of all places uh, in Timberland boots and jeans uh, in Miami which is incredibly hot and now you know how are you gonna if you're wearing timberlands and jeans in miami how are you gonna actually face going up to green bay and playing a game in green bay and he tried to make a thing of it by ripping his shirt off i don't think he needs any type of excuse and running around the field with his prancing around with his buddies taking snapchats and i mean you're gonna get banged in a big spot and that's exactly what happened he got railroaded and (laughs) banged in a big spot absolutely uh, wow tromboned so now if we go into the next game against the cowboys i mean this brought back me- bad memories for me right now uh but we did an number on them 34 31 pretty tasty
0: yeah i mean you'll know i'm one of the more positive guys and i tend to ignore stats generally and just go with what my heart tells me and then i make a nice big brash bold prediction Yep. and most of the time i'm right is mm-hmm. that fair
1: Fair yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll say it. we'll edit it. That out was very time.
0: fair. I thought you were gonna go nah, no chance. <laughs> but let's face it, this was Green Bay against Dallas in Dallas's house, yep. the house that Jerry built. And th- let's face it, they they were the best team in the NFC. They were the number one seed. They had Ezekiel Elliott. They had Dak Prescott. They got Des Bryant. The defense was pretty decent. You know, Sean Lee is always a guy that I think stands out on their D. Um, they've they've got a really good team. Now, this is the thing that I was thinking. I'm, I'm sure I said it on one of the podcasts. I don't think the bye week helps you if you're a team in the NFL. Now, it probably helps you if you've got a bunch of guys that are going to be healthy in two weeks' time and not one week. That probably helps you. But in terms of momentum and consistency and staying focused, I don't think it helps to stop playing. No. And I think actually we saw it, and again we have already spoke about this, so I apologise those who listen to it. The season in which we went fifteen and one, and I think we lost to the Chiefs for the one. We then sat out the bye week, and then we came back and we were not really on our game. Yep. Okay, and I think we saw this a little bit for Dallas this time round. Okay, I think they went and sat out a week. They probably. I don't know what happened behind the scenes or the rest of it, but I don't think it helped them to stop. I think that ship just needed to keep on sailing. You know, those wheels keep on turning. And I think it didn't help them. But the way in which we performed, I mean, that we blew them out of the water. And it, it I won't say it shocked me, but I was, I was pleasantly surprised by the way in which we dealt with this team. And as you said, you were there in week, uh, what was it, five, six? Week six when they absolutely destroyed us in Green Bay and then of course we go to their house and we've we've absolutely destroyed them
1: yeah and but we let them come back into it which is the thing that really yeah. hurt right and it's like what you said earlier the packers just have a tendency to do it right
0: mm-hmm. yeah i should have mentioned that yeah we absolutely destroyed them until the point where we let them come back and nearly win it but we still yeah. won so i'm going to use the term destroyed them anyway
1: yeah and it's pretty it was a pretty incredible end i mean when you look at their kicker uh brian coming back in and uh Uh, getting that field goal and then we go and get the plus 50 yarder and then you know Mason Crosby kicks it they ice him and then he does it again and it just creeps in uh, against the left upright well to us to the left at the right one to, to the you know if you're looking at it or whatever but yeah a uh, pretty dynamite game went on to the falcons gave us false hope uh pretty much everybody was injured and then we get blown out i don't think we need to go and talk about the falcons game again i was gonna
0: but, i was gonna say can we just leave that one there we lost yeah. and you will know what happened we don't need to talk about it yep
1: yeah, we skip it we skip it 44 points so, so what do you want
0: to talk about <laughs> this, is, this An is the bit where we normally yeah i know we've already been talking a while but let's face it we've got a lot of fans out there on twitter that we need to talk to and interact with and we've got several things going on in the greater uk packers universe so where do you want to start
1: well let's do our own season in review I mean what a year Uh, we went over to Green Bay again which we're going to be doing every year it's the annual pilgrimage it didn't work out game wise but I mean some of the lads stayed for the Bears game that did work out this is something that we do so if you're thinking about going over to the states and dare I say it even if you're going over and you're not going to see a Packers game shame on you but if you're going over to see the Chicago Bulls or some other whatever baseball you're into I can't watch baseball I Go don't Mets. watch baseball yeah if that's a thing Uh that's basketball right Uh Brooklyn Nets that's maybe. baseball <laughs> is it oh, geez, I don't know Nets I said Mets Mets, Mets. no the oh, Nets are Mets.
0: basketball yeah
1: <laughs> fair enough I said Mets I'm you're taking the piss out of me so uh, yeah if you're going off for, for college ball uh baseball basketball whatever you're doing we travel over with sports travel tours and you get 10 to 15% off Uh, another five ten percent off for booking online and then you get just more money off because we're selling like that if you use our code so do get in contact and we're going over again and we're creating a big monster international series game um so you know ryan's been doing a lot of work in the background uh dealing with the likes of you know packers italy packers france packers germany and we're putting together this international trip to go over and we're you know we're gonna make the news over there for sure and again, thanks everybody for watching the documentary episode on myself and Ryan. We started the group a long time ago. Um, if you don't know, you know, the documentary really doesn't go into the, the start start. But Ryan started it up and there was a Twitter account he was looking for supporters diehard Packers fan um, watch the documentary and sees hilarious story about the Steelers game and getting that chunk taken out of the cheese head and um, it's brilliant what, what a way to open the open the documentary then I came on board and the two of us then you know we've worked really hard to get the group to where it is and that's why you're listening to the podcast now I mean we put an awful lot of time and money um into the podcast hosting and it's it's you know we were the top rated podcast in the off season we're looking to get back on top of the charts again this off season um but yeah the documentary is something special ryan it was a lot of fun to shoot and we have a second documentary coming up about our trip to green bay which is really one to watch out for as well
0: yeah i want to say it's an absolute honor to have been asked to do it and i'm sure you feel the same way It's it's something that sort of came out of the blue um but yeah, it felt it was a very proud moment to be in that, and then even like I said at the start, a prouder moment to actually then see your face, the picture of us two sat in that hotel room, yeah. um, being interviewed. Yeah, it, and it was a very posh hotel as well, I might add. Yeah, they
1: kicked <laughs> us out nothing. not paid for by market. us, obviously. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were yeah. then asked to leave once we finished. But um, yeah, to just do that was amazing, and the feedback that some of you guys have given us. Um, the people that have got in touch, like yeah. you said at the start of the show, the new people that have got in touch, but the existing people that got in touch, you know, um, we we are successful because you support us the way you do. And, and me and Steve absolutely know how important every single one of you are out there. And so this is, and uh, I'm sure Steve will join me on this is a big thank you to everybody out there for helping us to, to get yeah. as far as we have.
1: Yeah, and like I said in the documentary, it's always we, not I. You know, this group is always about the collective and and doing what we can to bring the Packers on this side of the pond. But just to say that, right, and just to clear this up in case people think that, uh, you know, it it happened in another way, we got contacted by a guy, Ryan's... (laughs) funnily enough ryan's his name as well not ryan peacock um and he you know he showed appreciation for the group we haven't had a chance to get back to all the emails yet because we've got a we've got so many in the inbox and we're working our way through the emails just to get back and we will respond to each and every one of his if you want to send us an email um or a tweet or whatever facebook post Um, just search uk packers on facebook twitter or instagram and you'll find us there the same with soundcloud if you're listening to us on itunes whatever one that you want to do but we got contacted by a guy ryan who just said that you know after all the work that we've put in for free Uh, For the Packers, you know, networking and doing the podcast and, you know, representing and sending people all over the UK, Ireland and Europe to watch the games. He started a petition online to ask the Packers to hire us, uh, which is brilliant. And we said in the documentary, look, we're not looking for any freebies off the Packers. We're not looking to leech off them. We're not looking for any of that. We're just diehard fans. Uh, who live and breathe this stuff each and every day Uh, but this guy started the petition and look it would be absolutely our dream to work for the Packers now whether a petition online would in any way sway them we just hope it doesn't piss them off but look we didn't start it but we certainly would be able to reap the rewards if it came to the fact if the Packers said to us yes we would like you to work on an official capacity uh, that'd be amazing so if it interests you maybe it doesn't uh, just hit up our Twitter and we've shared it there if you want to get on and sign that petition look even if they don't hire us at least they'll know how passionate the fans are over here. How many people are behind the group and as part of the group? So that was a nice little gesture, Ryan, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, it's awesome. And can you imagine? Would would we'd have to live together in maybe one of them party houses right over the street? We could do the <laughs> the podcast. We could finally have our studio. You know, we could have it all set up in the garage with egg boxes on the wall. It'd be awesome.
1: Be sweet, and not a mention of our uh, significant others and children. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like us and obviously, par- yeah, oh, we love to yeah. go to they, party
0: they, the, Yeah. We, we, we'll get them somewhere.
1: Oh yeah. They can share They can share with Olivia Mon and stuff. All the, all the wags tend to hang out together, you know?
0: <laughs> so should we get to, uh, there's some, there's some great comments come in obviously for this end of season podcast. Um, so I'm going to hit you up with one here, which is my favorite, uh, question that I think we've been asked so far. Um, Kelly Resnick again, who we know listens all the time has said, if they made a movie about your lives, so we've had the documentary. <laughs> so if they made a movie about your lives, what would the title be and who would play you? And then some several people have uh, commented on this one and there's been some suggestions. So oh,
1: Jesus, I'm going to
0: see in a minute. if if I'm going to ask you to, to, to see who you think should play us and then we'll see if it matches up with their thoughts.
1: Right. Well, I think the only person that could... Well, someone probably... I'd say Danny DeVito or something to play me or something. Actually, I think it'd be funny for Danny <laughs> DeVito to play you. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a massive height differential um but i don't know uh let me see colin farrell surely has to play me because he's the only irish actor anybody knows and i don't think i get away with well, michael yeah. fassbender or lean neeson a little bit too tough so uh
0: Con- connor ward has suggested colin farrell sweet <laughs> uh, yeah but uh kenneth McNamara suggested elijah woods so <laughs> uh,
1: a go f- yourself ken all right i know you're a uh, you're a seasoned <laughs> listener and I-, I like you buddy but uh, in this occasion Go f*** yourself, man.
0: Um, but yeah, I got I got a better. Um, I, I have to say, I fared better in this. In Jason Statham, surely. I, Jason Statham's there, <laughs> and uh, also the mountain actor bjornson,
1: Yeah.
0: So um, one that I always think is, whereas I'm, I'm generally quite a chubby Bruce Willis. I think would,
1: uh, <laughs> would do all right. Him. Love to see him act in towns on. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so what? I don't know what the title would be.
1: Oh, Jesus, I guess uh, I
0: gag, gagging for cheese.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that sounds like a totally different type of movie but i think we can only hit up maybe one or two comments on twitter we'd better let these people go Ronald. is you this the longest podcast we've ever done i
0: oh, know go on then i'll let you do are you gonna pick one or do you want me to pick another one
1: uh, yeah so I'm just going kind to of give it it's not really a, it's a question but it's more of a comment and, and this is great Uh, from Eric Rajek uh, at real underscore Eric underscore Rajek if you want to follow him uh, love the Packers life, doc I discovered the pod this season and listened every week great insights and in brackets and accents we find an awful lot of the American audience listening for the accents I don't know do you listen to the content or is it just really funny to hear a leprechaun and Jason Statham talk Packers for an hour <laughs> you know what I mean what is you- it
0: Oh, you flatter me if only i was i was that awesome and ripped <laughs> um but yeah no i don't know I, I do you still get this or are you over it now when i listen back to the podcasts because obviously we have to do a quality check on them mm. um but when i listen back i'm always freaked out by how weird my voice sounds no but no you always because- seem to you always seem to say I've got some sort of Barry white thing
1: going on. You do. You have a nice, uh, nice deep voice. No, not really, because when I'm editing the podcast, it's back and forward, back and forward, back and forward. So I almost piss myself off on my voice uh, by going and <laughs> doing, uh, you know, because like, and that that sort of an insight to people who are listening to the podcast. Yes, you're listening to the podcast right now, but it doesn't just. We're not just a uh, you know hit record you know record everything and then just upload it this is heavily edited yep. not in a bad way we don't start editing in uh putting in you know stats and stuff but certainly all the bad stuff gets edited out so it takes a while but no i'm sort of used to it now um and uh, right it's weird most of these comments here are about alcoholic beverages some people asking how many jager know, bombs I've i'm going to put that. down and how many pictures you're going to put down can you find the final tweet that doesn't involve alcohol
0: i can't but let's just answer the alcohol thing if You want to drink and you like American football, make sure you're in London next week. There are plenty of tickets still left. Um, It's going to be a huge party. There's some Mm -hmm. big people going to be there. There's competition prizes. There's a free beer. You get to meet me and Steve. Does it get any better?
1: Oh, Jesus. I think this Packers Life talk has gone to your head, mate. I (laughs) I don't think we're any incentive for anybody to come down. But look.
0: But get, get, get on our Facebook page because it's on there and you can get on there and get tickets. It's £10 a ticket. It's going to be the best party in London. It's perfectly situated it's easy to get to um and it's just a good night and a good venue uh and you'll see me and Steve on the door so look a little bit like max and paddy we'll all be there in our you know bomber jackets um big pair of boots on obviously and, and skinheads i reckon
1: absolutely but um look this was fun come down and see us uh in london february 5th bloomsbury lanes we're playing flag against the kansas city chiefs guys uh some housekeeping to look after if you enjoy the podcast, you will absolutely love. I promise you, our history podcast, like Ryan mentioned at the top of the, at the, top of the podcast. What we do is we take you know nearly decade by decade. If it sort of bleeds into like the Lombardi years, kind of splits the decades, and um, go back and listen to them. So we go from nineteen nineteen all the way up to nineteen ninety one. I think we have eight episodes and we focus one episode completely on Vince Lombardi because he was too big a character to try just slot into the decades podcast go back and listen to them it's a no bullshit history of the Packers we go year by year we give you a real flavor of what the Packers is all about you know be you a new fan uh, of the NFL a new fan of the Packers an old season fan of the Packers we guarantee you that you'll find something in those podcasts that you won't have known before um and this is the last of the kind of normal podcasts of reviewing and previewing and all that sort of stuff we're going to get into some really fun and exciting bits there's going to be loads of sort of jingles and all that kind of jazz um probably next week what we'll do is is we'll round up all of the fake adverts that we did throughout the season that people really enjoyed and put them into a podcast on their own uh but yeah we're going to be doing bits and pieces uh you know we won't bring stuff like the impossible question back but it will be sort of little bits and jingles like that the podcast is going to get more fun but we're gonna to have to cut it there we're nearly at an hour and 20 minutes if not over so
0: jesus
1: f- jesus so from myself at steedy nfl on twitter give me a follow from the group at uk packers give us a follow and from me old buddy me old pal at ryan peacock nfl it's mr ryan peacock it's goodbye till next week good day